Hello. Hello. Industry. 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 Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm Friendly Rich and on the podcast today, episode 99, a talk with fellow Bramptonian David Sait. He plays Gajung and many other instruments on an upcoming release that we're sharing to be put out with Uneel on February the 5th. I actually talked to Neil Retke Uneel next week on the podcast in preparation for the release of A Muffled Snore out February 5th on all streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, this is it. This is You're going to get a sneak peek on some of those uh, those new tracks. Today on Industry Tactics, episode 99, delighted to speak with David Sait. Enjoy. Okay, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, good. I'm recording. We're going for it. All right. Sounds good. David Sait, welcome to Industry Tactics. Thanks for having me, Rich. It's a delight. It's a joy. Um, a true joy and honor. How long have we known each other, David? I've been trying to think about that. Um, I are would good say. With, are you good with time? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Decent. I would say 15 years or so. That range. Fifteen years, man. Wow. Yeah. The I. Wh- how did we get meet? Even I don't even remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I probably related. Things. Yeah, the Brampton Indie Arts Festival, likely. Mm-hmm. That you were putting on. Do you have roots in Brampton? Like, are you? Are you? Do you? You live in Brampton still? I do. Yeah, I live in Brampton again. Um, so I was born in Toronto, uh, but grew up in Brampton. Oh, how was, was that? It was good. It was good. It was different at that time. Um, yep. A lot more farm fields and uh, yeah, yep. just a little bit different. Yeah, man. Yeah. How about you? You were were you born in Brampton? Same. I yeah. mean, born in Brampton. So we have that in common. I mean, we never knew each other growing up, but it was, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, what are your impressions of that place growing up? Was it okay for you? Was it, how do you feel like it, that it inspired your work? Um, I don't know how much it inspired my work, but I enjoyed it. It was, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, being outside a lot and, you know, lots of sports and hanging around with different people. Um, yeah. I like the idea of being close to the city, the bigger city, Toronto, but being just on the outskirts. Yeah. It's almost like you go into the city to plug in and charge up. And then you have that relief when you leave the city going back to a place like Brampton. So, right, right, right. Yeah, I can relate to that. 
Yeah. Um, and what section, Dara? I gotta ask. <laughs> um, I'm on the, or we were on the northwest side, so um, not in any of the, you know, like in Shinkus or Bramley, any of those sections, the letter sections, but in uh, McLaughlin, Queen Street area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those listeners who we just lost, uh, Brampton, <laughs> Bramalee, the, the city of Bramalee, I guess, or Brampton, Bramalee, it's the same kind of zone. It was uh, all of the streets are alphabetized. So you have the A section, like Avondale, uh, Al- Adderley Road, uh, this kind of thing. They're all organized by the letter A, and then you move to B and so forth. Um, I grew up in the E section of Bramalee and then moved to the P section later when my parents started really doing well in life. Professor's Lake, uh, Poinsettia Place, uh, Pepperoni Way, this kind of thing. So, so David, you grew, you grew up McLaughlin and Queen. Yeah. 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 I ended up doing a little stint there. Um, Shirebrook. Does that name ring a bell? No, no, I don't know that one. My parents moved to a place, Shirebrook, later on. Okay. I don't know. It was a it was a dumb move. They made a couple of really silly moves in life, and that was one of them. I don't know what the hell they were doing, but they I think they just got bored. They're like, let's move. Yeah, sometimes you need that just uh, I guess scenery, right? Yeah, I, we say that in these COVID times. Let's just move. Um, so so Brampton and so you but you remain in Brampton which is uh, which is cool. I, yeah, I dig out. it. So same zone or what? Um yeah, same general area. Um I won't I mean by Shoppers World so you'll know mm-hmm. where that is in that area there. So it's nice it's the south side so it's close to the highways to Mississauga, 10 minute yeah. drive to Huttonville so you're sort of in the country. That's yeah. a nice thing as well go for lots of drives in the country. Cool. Kind of clear clear the head. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Huntonville's a nice spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, named after the city councillor in Brampton, Hutton. Mm. Did we know this? No, I did not know. I got some stories. But we won't tell them on this podcast. Anyway, I think his name was John Hutton. Right. I'll say bless his soul. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's still with us, but uh, bless his soul either way. Um, yeah, nice spot, nice country drives. Yeah, good, good, good. So, so you're pretty optimistic about Brampton. You're, you, do you feel good about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I mean, I basically do my own thing, um, in my neighborhood, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, people around here are nice and it's, it's a friendly, it's busy, obviously. Um, as it's grown, it's one of those uh, cities that had, um, a lot of people coming in sort of the 10, 15 year range, I guess as well. So mm-hmm. the city expanded and they're expanding with it. And yeah, I mean, I do a lot of things inside, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm a big part of the community now, but mm-hmm. uh, growing up I was. Is it exciting to you, this growth, this, this, you know, it, it just seems to be going in a few different um, directions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. I mean, I think it's a good thing for sure. Good. There's, um, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm equally equally excited by it. I think it's a real opportunity for our hometown to uh, to really figure itself out. And you know what I mean? It's like it, yeah. it just kind of reminds me of this. Like, I don't know. It's a it's a young. It, it they're all kind of young cities, right? But like, right. 
If you had to start unpacking the difference culturally, vibe-wise, from Brampton to, to Mississauga, we know there is one. Right. There certainly is one, actually. But um, it's just interesting, right? Seeing these cities kind of figure out their identity over time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, I mean, from the arts side, you were more involved in the with the arts councils, I think, and and mm-hmm. doing your programming for your festival and the Parade mm-hmm. of Noises was another one that you were involved in, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of diversity, um, community feel, the old Brampton, so downtown Brampton, lots yeah. of, uh, yeah, I mean, it's rich in its history and, and beautiful. You go through some of those streets and you, you know, you couldn't identify where you are specifically, but it's... Um, yeah, it has a nice feel, nice vibe. And Dave, um, yeah, David Sate reminding me that you were in one of those, one or more of those parade of noises. Uh, I was just in the one. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I there's like a little bit of video footage I have of you parading down Main Street. Um, oh, nice. And you know what's interesting about it? What's you that? look exactly the same. Well, that's a good thing. What's your secret? You're aging really well. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about any secret. I try to stay active. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Soccer is a big thing growing up, so I played soccer pretty much all my life, so I still do that. So it's nice. Oh, wow. Nice wow. way to stay fit and engaged in that way and, and do running okay. and, and so on. Yeah. Probably take after my mom in that, that way. That's cool, David. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, man, that's a fond memory. I forgot you. There are so many weirdos that came into that parade of noises. It was hard to keep track. Yeah, that was an amazing thing you did for the kids as well. They were all thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, what's been cool is to find the odd kid all these years later. Um, It's happened twice now. And that's that's really neat to me. (laughs) It's like... Hey, I was in that grade four class back in, uh, you know, 2001. Right. And um, I'm a barber now. You know, that's kind of neat. <laughs> and they have a memory of that? Oh, yeah. Things? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I think I think we all have that somewhere in the back of our <laughs> minds. Yeah. <laughs> hard, to, hard to forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, look, you're... You're... What kind of a kid are you? Are you, are you? Where do you go to high school? I went to uh, Brampton Centennial High School, so again, over by Shoppers World, close to where I am now. Okay, um, is that BSS? That is, no. yeah. yeah. So uh, I think, I mean, high school-wise, I was involved too much in music uh, in school, mm-hmm. uh, more of a sports person, so I was involved in all the different sports. And then, um, you know, outside of school, I was starting to play guitar, so that was my first instrument that I played. So I was doing private lessons outside of school. Um, and yeah, I guess through high school and just after high school, struggling with how much time I had available to put towards music, which mm-hmm. I had sort of a burning desire to do, um, or the time allotted that I needed for my uh, for soccer, for example, that I was playing. Oh, uh, yeah. A few different teams. So it was that back and forth, and then finally sort of picked the music over the two. Wow. Wow. So how old are you around there? Is that just coming out of high school that you kind of made that decision? Um, yeah. I mean, I started playing guitar when I was 15 um, mm-hmm. and doing lessons. And yeah, I was still playing, uh, you know, doing the soccer four or five times a week. So that was a lot of time, you know, not available to be practicing or playing. Um, so yeah, it would have been a couple of years after high school where I just decided that I would focus most of my spare time on the music. 
Um, And yeah, so I was doing lots of private lessons with different people at that time. Who were some of your early teachers? Like, where where were you taking lessons? Um, I started, actually, remember MusicPlex? Oh, yeah. We have that in common as well. I know. You got your buddy Greg that was there as well. That's right. That's right. Uh, So MusicPlex, I was taking lessons from a guy that had just come over from Detroit, had just moved here. Uh, Greg Doyle was his name. Okay. Okay. Um, So, yeah. I mean, he was a really he was different because he had just come from the States. He was mm-hmm. um, really trying to get me into blues music. I was into rock music at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was pushing like lightning Hopkins, um, Johnny Lee hooker and so on. And then yeah. big on ear training. So he was all about, you know, uh, separating instruments, just zeroing in on, you know, just hearing the bass, for example, and drowning everything else out. Mm-hmm. Uh, or then he would say, okay, so now go over to the drums and you hear just the drums that sort of comes into the foreground in your, um, in your ear. So anyway, so ear training was his. Um, then I started to really, there was a guitar player, a local guy, uh, Phil X. Do you know okay. that name? No. Um, so anyways, he's, he's done, gone on to do some, some things. Now he's playing with Bon Jovi now, actually. So he's wow. quite a accomplished wow. player. Yeah. So just being around players like that, anytime I found a guitar player that I really enjoyed uh, yeah. his playing, his or her playing, I would just ask, you know, do you teach lessons? And then just try to be close to whatever they were doing just to, you know, absorb that. And was was Phil X still through MusicPlex, or did you move on from there? And um, I heard, yeah, it was beyond MusicPlex. Yeah, cool. cool. He was teaching down by uh, in High Park, so I was doing okay. lessons with him as well. And then eventually, uh, Michael Keith, that was another guitar player I liked. Yes. Um, yeah, and then through that, he and I became very close friends, and still. You gotta love that shout out to Michael Keith, and I know you just put out a record with Michael. Yeah. Is it a record or is it is it is it coming? What how is it's called yeah. inc- incessant terrain? That's what's, correct. Yeah. What's the deal there? Well, we were. I mean, he and I have played in all sorts of different configurations for many years. We decided he's in BC now, mm. um, so one way to stay connected was to you know do some recording together. So we're. I think this is going to be the idea. Is uh, it's an ongoing, so we'll just release oh. a couple of singles at a time. But it feels like it's going to be a collection of uh, these pieces with the electric slide guitar and the Gujong. Let's let's tee one up now. Incessant Terrain. This is David Sait on the Gujong with Michael Keith on the slide guitar. Uh, Shall we hear part one? Yeah, part one's great.
Yeah, that was really beautiful. Um, Michael Keith. Oh, that's really charming. Yeah. That your teacher becomes your collaborator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and your friend. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the most important one, the, the friendship. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we had a click. We're different personalities for sure, but that, uh, that works well together. Um, yeah. You know, he's more of an outgoing type. And, um, yeah, so anyway, we complement each other uh, in, in friendship and then also in music as well. He's a talent, very talented person. So, yep, yep. No, no, love, love his work, and um, and that's that's really beautiful how you how you connect. Thank you for um, pardon the pun here, connecting the dots on this. But uh, so so that's a very exciting. So we're almost going back in time a little bit here now. We 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 just uh, heard one of your more recent releases, mm-hmm. but you've been at it for um, so so you're learning guitar, and then all of a sudden you take the right wrong turn. <laughs> and and you f- how do you find this wondrous instrument the gajung? Ah, that's a good a good question as well. Um, it's again through Michael. He and I uh, into world music and sort of exchanging back and forth. You know, check out this African drummer or whatever the yeah. um, the recordings would be. So a in a music store in Scarborough called Encore Music. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so they, in the back, um, guitar cases, all their old uh, used items. And behind all of that was this uh, this instrument, which ends up being the Gujong. Um, so had, Michael had purchased that. The guy, the store owner, didn't know what this thing was. It was just sitting in the back forever, said, you know, give me $50 for this thing. Come so, on. Uh, yeah, so Michael got it home. And I think he might have had a little buyer's remorse <laughs> doing that impulse buy. Yeah. Um, and he and I traded, I had some guitar effects pedals he liked. We did the trade. As soon as I started oh. playing, I thought, wow, this is felt very comfortable right off the bat. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. probably then maybe a month later I said, okay, that's it. And I, um, sold all my guitar equipment and ended up, um, getting a better, like a Gujong, a nicer uh, quality version of it. And for those unfamiliar with the instrument, it's a 12 string instrument that sits like kind of horizontal yeah 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 so it's a proxy well there's 21 strings 21 um, pardon my dyslexia uh and it does yeah so you you're you know you sit above it and you and playing um there's bridges on each of the strings are you plucking with all 10 of your fingers uh with with picks on each finger or is it hand plucked uh i i don't use picks but traditionally uh, you would have um the picks taped to the fingernail, uh, to the okay. fingers, pardon me. Uh, but okay. I don't. I like the sound of the the flesh on the strings, so that's just a personal choice. Um, but sometimes I'll use a guitar pick or a thumb okay. pick, you know, if I'm almost yep. like banjo style. Yeah. Um, but all all five fi- of each finger. Yeah. All five finger of each hand, rather. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's at times I'll be doing some things, and it almost feels like you're playing piano. Oh, crazy! And so you, there's some of that. I mean, it's it's an instrument. I think that and maybe it's because I try to do it as well, but uh, it can sound a little bit like, you know, a piano or a pedal yep. steel guitar at times yep. or yep. classical guitar and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's good. It's really I mean, it all blends in there. It's got yeah. its own unique sound, but really beautiful. So you fall for it, eh? You're like, this uh, feels right. This feels right. Yeah, that was it. It was definitely. And how old are you when, when this happens? Um, uh, late twenties. Okay. Yeah, late twenties, and 
uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, at that time, there was sort of a crossover where I had the guitar and the gujong, and I was going back and forth, and it just felt like I needed to focus on the one and yeah. just purge, get rid of, you know, okay. just okay. focus on the one. Wow. Wow. Well, I love it. I love I love that. I love I love that this finding of the instrument and um and the comfort level, the whole thing. So so how do you expand your your the technique? Like how do you how do you do you study at that point? How do, how does that your relationship with the instrument grow? Well, it was in the beginning anyways, it would be, you know, watching videos. Um a lot of them were in Chinese, so I as far as the um you know learning what exactly what was happening i'd had to do it through my ear or just watching closely mm-hmm. um i ended up ordering some dvds online they came wow. and again it was you know all in chinese uh, <laughs> but i could hear it and see it and there's a lot of transferable skills from the guitar so you know yeah. you're plucking finger picking and so on so um but you have this extra hand that you can use as well in the in the process but i had okay. contacted through that um there was a master of the instrument, uh, Lun Lun. She uh, is in uh, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So we were corresponding and I, you know, asking little things and um, sending some music that I was doing just to get some advice. Mm-hmm. And she said she was going to uh, Shanghai to a master, someone who builds like a master of the instrument building, a master builder, pardon me. Wow. So um, I said, okay. And she said, if you want me to pick up an instrument for you, I can go and, you know, try some of these out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she ended up doing. So she did the trek to Shanghai, um, went to this um, workshop where they're building the instruments, and then she was trying them out and sending me photographs along the way as, you know, I have six mm-hmm. that I've chosen. I'm going to um, pick one for you and ended up um, sending it. Wow. I sent her the money for it. So it was nice. It was a nice, again, on the other side of the world, there was a lot of trust. She had sent this thing before I had sent her money, and mm-hmm. she yeah. took the care to find the instrument she thought was best based on, you know, the profile of sound I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, she found the instrument that she thought was the, the best match for me, and sure enough, it was. Uh, wow. Yeah. wow. And, and this gentleman that made the instruments, he was one of the originals, um, older guy. He was the first one to, I guess, at some point, these instruments were going to be extinct, um, mm-hmm. where they were you know, destroying a lot of these traditional instruments. Um, yeah. So this is in the 40s, 1940s, and the Guzhong was, they were only building like one or two a year. Um, mm-hmm. And this gentleman was one of the guys that was still making it, even though there was pressure not to do so. So sort of a, you know, a rebel type. And then... Um, what, what, what do you think the pressure was based on? Like, I think it's... Know? Well, I, I think it's to do with the political... Oh, it is political. Environment. Wow. Yeah, for wow. sure. Wow. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it, but they were, I know they were destroying instruments and so on. So wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And um, so, so you continue to kind of figure out and develop your voice that way, like through DVDs and correspondence. Is like I imagine the Gajung community. Um, well, ha- is 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 it a thing? Like, are you? Is it well connected? Are you? Are you in that world? Um, at one point, I was uh, yep. this this lady that I had connected with. She was she had an organization with different. Again, it was more online. Uh, different Kujang players from around the world, um, and one that I did connect with, and we were. Um, I played with her. She's in Germany. Um, I can't remember her name offhand, but anyway. So yeah, I, honestly, now not at all. Like I, it's yeah. on the other side of the world, but I don't talk with a lot of people from that community. Yeah. Um, no. I mean. How, uh, I, I guess I could ask this about any instrument, but is there any apprehension there or 
concern from your end around, oh, well, you know, the, the, here's this instrument with, um, our, our, its roots are from China, right? Correct, yeah. Um, is there any apprehension there about playing that? Uh, I mean, uh, as a white male, or is that, or is that a weird question to even ask? I mean, I, I could ask the same of, uh, of really any instrument uh, when you, when you get down to it. Um, but, but do you, do you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, like absolutely. The, just the yeah. cultural, uh, ties that it has to, to China. And do you feel like there's a need to, 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 to really under, understand that or know that deeply in order to, um, to use it as a, as a musical tool. Yeah. I, I mean, that's an interesting question. I, when I first started playing, um, I liked the idea of paying homage to the mm-hmm. history of and the tradition of, so I was learning uh, by ear some of the songs. So I think that was, you know, the traditional uh, pieces. And then when I would start to go sort of outside and get weird with it, uh, it felt like, Oh, should I be doing this? Um, okay. And then at some point you just sort of let go and decide like, this is my own, musical path or journey. So I'll, yep. I'll do it, you know, sort of do it my way. And I've tried to then, uh, again, you know, liking different instruments from across the world, trying to mimic the sounds of those instruments because it is a versatile, the way it's constructed. So I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to create my own voice. Um, and I, you know, I respect the music, the traditional Chinese music, and I do still listen to it at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the idea that I, I can make it sound like the Vietnamese, like the Den Bao or the um, Korean version of the instrument, the Kayam. So I didn't want to be locked in uh, in that way. And as far as, cool. you know, I, I had when I, again, sometimes when I've uh, played in public, I may have someone that's uh, seen that instrument back home when they were, you know, I've had uh, ladies saying, oh, when I was four or five, I would learn that. And, um, so it's part of their childhood. And mm-hmm. they would say it's strange to see a man, like a, a white man, essentially playing this instrument. So wow. we just get a laugh out of that. But yeah, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like the idea that you are, you've gone so far. I mean, you're throwing it through effects now, which 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 was a, a surprise to me and, and a joy to hear, you know. Um, and and the techniques you're using on it are are you, you know you're yeah, yeah you, you've definitely made it your own um and i and i think of you when i think of it like it's really cool like i mean i don't know there's this this special thing going on oh, uh, close to shoppers world in my hometown uh, <laughs> which, which i really admire yeah yeah great it's... answer yeah thanks no problem so can we uh can we hear a little bit of you so 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 you playing it through effects um and maybe that's a nice foray into this um a muffled snore project yeah. that we're working on yeah for sure well with the muffled snore i was just looking at it we did 10 pieces i think or no we did 12 sorry but um yeah, half is on the acoustic gajong and half is on the electric. So um, some of those psychedelic sounds happening. Yeah, yeah. Let's get psychedelic and then maybe we'll rein it in and play play some of the stuff on the acoustic as well to give people an idea of, of, of what the project sounds like. So cue one up, man. What's one of your favorite ones where you put it through effects? Um, uh, I assume that's on the uh, that that the the see through one the, uh, the the transparent gujong that you have. Yeah, the invisible gujong. That's the one. 
the yeah. invisible Gujong. Yeah, I started listening to. I think we and I, we talked about this. Um, the band, the Black Angels. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so those. I mean, they're those. They're a guitar player, like lots of guitar effects, and get excited about um, equipment and the night beat. So there's a whole interesting psychedelic scene happening. So very inspired by those sounds and trying to then put that through the Gujong and it does sounds nothing like <laughs> those other bands, but that's still, you know, that's a uh, burning underneath all yeah. of that. So yeah. It's, it's definitely inspired by that. I like, um, that. I like the, the dainty dandies. That's a good one. I enjoy here that. comes, here comes now. Uh, this is David Sate and I on an upcoming project called the muffled snore. Uh, this is the dainty dandies. Enjoy it. The dainty dandies of dying dust. Lavacious ladies living their lust. Crater and pole, cockle and eel. Oceans of wine and singing creel. Dancing on folded toes. The ringing of music, the tapping of facts. High above it all, the moon has a laugh. A ruggle juggle juggle, how you duty hoop hoo. A smuttering of clapping, laughter like a cough. A lovely heirloom wedding gown, torn apart by dogs. Yarn, na da da, pickle thunder sue. Plaid gong under ratabata kachoo. Sing out loud with me Like just sitting on your knee Tide will come in one day, you see Get up skirt, eat dessert Off to France Bow, 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 bow Forevermore Oh yeah, David, and that—that's one that we also did a little music video for. So that's a that—that's a fun that's a fun little one and a half minute track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, what gifts his um, his artwork's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, really impressed with what he did. Um, essentially, bringing the uh, album cover to life and animating it. So shout out to him, to Jordan. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk about this project. You and I were working together. I mean, it's not our first collaboration, but it's definitely uh, the deepest, I would say. Mm -hmm. and, and we started developing uh, last year in 2020, the um, a live thing that we were doing, a duet project, right? right. Live. Yeah. Um, at the Winona Lodge. And we had a plan to do that monthly. And then COVID got in the way. And we, I think like it's a good example, another good example in these weird times of artists just kind of pivoting to make sense of it. And I think it really worked well in this instance, not that we won't play live again when the time come, when it comes back, but um, it was, it was really fun to, uh, to move it in that direction into recorded material. And once we realized we had something, it just took a life of its own, eh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I th yeah, I mean, in those live performances, there were certain pieces that we're doing were 
you know, making up on the fly, but the, um, some of the spoken right. word. And I think it's, there was one of, um, on one of the nights we did one of Anil's pieces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that did feel, uh, felt very comfortable and there was a natural, whatever was the interplay between the two of us. And, um, it was nice. Like your vocals, they're very inspiring to be, I mean, the actual wording that's coming, but also the way you're, um, uh, emphasizing certain parts or, or going out or just creating a great mood. So then that um, was a nice, nice place for the music to jump off on. And then, yeah, when we decided to do the live recording or the, pardon me, the recording and um, uh, we had the first, we wanted to do one piece, I think is how we started. Um, yeah. And then once that was complete, we said, okay, let's try another that sounded good or felt good. Um, and then once we were finished that second piece, I think it was the take time abide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just felt okay. We're locked in now. This is we can do a lot more. So we ended up doing the rest of the album. It was it was funny because I mean I'm going to talk to Neil next about it, but the yeah. way the evolution of the thing happened was I we were touring through um, Peterborough and he gave me a Manila envelope with like I don't know ten or eleven tra- um, of these texts that he had right. scribbled. Eh, like I think I just sent you a yeah, photograph yeah. of one of the scribbles. And um, and and you and I, I think, had started with the idea of maybe doing two or three, or then it became five. And by the end of it, we were like, "Is there more? Because this is fun." Yeah, for sure. (laughs) We did them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I could have kept going. It was. Yeah, well, and 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 I think we will. I mean, like that's the idea here, but it's um. It's a beautiful little collection and creepy and it has um it has a real continuity to it that I love um mm. and we went about it creatively in in different ways like you would start some and I would you yeah. would start the musical a- aspects of it and I would do the the lyrics over top or vice versa right mostly right. vice versa but yeah I, I really yeah. enjoyed that and so what's your um What's your home studio setup like? Um, so, well, the instrument, my amp, um, it, depending upon what kind of sound. In this case, I was recording direct from the uh, the out of the amp to the computer, so going mm-hmm. through Cubase um, and trying just to keep it as natural. And you know, I wanted to capture the essence of the instrument without getting anything in the way uh, too much. So, I think occasionally put as maybe a little bit of reverb on, but for the most part, just dry acoustic direct from the amp. So there's no, you know, excess noise. Um, Man, no, it's, it's it's in, it's in my, in my home. Yeah. It's atmospheric as all hell. And I I mean, it's nice to see this. It's a nice place that I come and um, yeah, sort of unwind and get to play any. Yep. Yeah. Just had a really good feel. And I thought that that was, felt like that we were developing our, the sound, like it, it was, it had a very cohesive feel to it. Uh, and again, to me, anyways, after yeah. I had finished that, it had like sigh of relief, like, okay, we are locked in now. Um, and, and this was nice. And again, because we hadn't talked about doing all of uh, Neil's pieces. So this time we were just doing a one by one. And after that, I thought, okay, well, you know, and I think you agreed as well. It was, it was something we should continue on with. So we had uncovered something yeah. there. It, it felt really nice at that time. It was in the first primarily in the first um, lockdown yeah. too. So I think we were all just psychologically trying to stay fit and connected. And it, it just felt like a really 
great timing on many levels, right. on many levels, musically and, and yeah, beyond. Yeah, I would agree you know? with that. And I think at the beginning of that lockdown, for me anyways, I didn't want to lose my stride. Like I felt like a, in life in general, you know, it was it's going well. Uh, so I didn't want to lose that pace. So yep. just to, you know, throw yourself into some different projects uh, at that time, that was something I was doing anyways. And I thought that was um, reflected in what we were doing with the output. Let's um let's hear it. This is take time uh, from our upcoming co-release with Uneal David Sate and I. Uh, the, the full length recording is called "A Muffled Snore" out on February the fifth, twenty twenty one. Enjoy it. This is take time. Yeah, take time. Written those lyrics written by Uneal who I'm going to speak with next and uh, brought to life by, by you certainly uh, in, in, in this work with the Gajung. How did your, um, how do you feel you grew musically through this project with us? Uh, I like that. Um, because I guess we're playing separately so how do i support your vocals i mean that was on my mind uh, where it felt like it belonged together it wasn't two separate things that it was one cohesive like you and i together um but growing musically yeah i mean just with the recording as well and um trying to keep it like some of it acoustic some electric so you have sort of the future world and the natural like that electroacoustic thing going um yeah. I'm not sure how to answer yep. that question. <laughs> well, and then, and then all of a sudden I start hearing drums right. on the tracks you're giving back to me and I'm going, holy cow, he's having oh, yeah. fun over there. Yeah, grabbing a lot of it know. found sound too, like grabbing things from the garage, pieces of wood and whatever I could find around the basement. And then, you know, you, you look back after a while right and on. look at the, at the floor or the room and it's filled with all these strange objects. So but that's, that's part of the fun. Oh man. Uh, it comes through. So yeah, I'm really excited to put this thing mm-hmm. out with you, yeah, David. Yeah, as am I. And um, and and more fun down the line. I think this is you know it, it was really nice to just push what we do together as well in in this context. It helps us understand ourselves in a way, right? Yeah, I would do. agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, the trick now is um, you know you want people to hear what you do um share it and you know yep. hopefully they enjoy it as well but that's that's the trick is how do you uh get it into people's ears so I, i'm sure a lot of people they think of that same thing um you want to stay true to the music and i mean that's the primary focus is making the music and collaborating um but then also yep. sharing yeah, yeah but, and, but then also sharing it it's yeah, the same man. thing like there's so many recordings out there that you just don't know about because you haven't been told or haven't yep. stumbled upon it but there's so much great music that's um, to be discovered. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, you can uh, you can go to my Bandcamp and pre-order uh, pre-order a muffled snore. Get behind us. Uh, we do appreciate your support. This is the art of it, right? Is like you talk about industry tactics. How do you promote the the thing? And um, I know we're pulling out all the stops with this. Um, Please, gentle listener, tweet us, uh, get in touch with us um, at Industry Tactics. Let us know what you think of this new record. We appreciate your support always. And um, yeah, David, uh, before I let you go, are there, are there, I don't know, um, 
what's your like what's a track that you'd want to share from our our recording just to kind of leave our listeners excited about what we did and uh if you want to set one last tune up or give some parting words of wisdom (laughs) let's wrap we're gonna wrap it up shortly so um yeah i mean maybe the the title track um that has from my end the um the acoustic guzhong and piano uh, and there are two instruments I like how the interplay between the two um, and something I want to explore more. Uh, yeah, definitely. But anyway, so yeah, the muffled snore, the title track, I think is a good one to go out on. Um, and yeah, I'm interesting to see what happens in the world and in our uh, music community as well. I definitely miss going to see live shows. Yeah, yeah, That's a big yeah. thing, you know, supporting people, but also going to hear that music in a live format. Um, so, so that's come, but I mean, just being patient, this is, we, we need to do what we need to do now and and be safe, but definitely there's a burning, you know, want to hit the ground running once, once things open up, um, and all, you know, putting in as much time as we can on the music and connecting with people still. And, um, yeah, I mean, even beyond music, just to connect with the community and do what we can do. I would say too, I mean, in the Toronto music, um, like the improvised community or new music community, they're it goes in peaks and valleys where you have like a lot of support and you'll have community organizers like the Scott Thompson's of the world or, um, you know, yourself and Ron Gascom when he was doing like curating and there's Mm -hmm. uh, community involvement and people volunteering and doing whatever they can to sort of help the cause, so to speak. Um, So I hope to see more of that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 2021, hopefully and beyond. Yeah. And, and, um, Shout out to Ron Gaskin, who we lost yeah. last year, right? Yeah. Um, listen, if gentle listeners, enough about our muffled snore. You can definitely get that from my friendly rich bandcamp. That's where we're going to be pushing it out. But um, I would also urge you to check out David's work. You could find him on bandcamp at David Sait and uh, S A I T. And you'll find such works as his recent uh, Incessant Terrain, the collaboration, as I mentioned, with Michael Keith. You could also find this incredible collaboration called 60 Interpretations of 60 Seconds by 60 Solo Improvisers. That took all the breath in my lungs (laughs) to get that fucker out. Um, What a thing you did there, eh? Before I let you go, just curating this. Like, it felt very Hal Wilner, you know? Like, you, you, you put together all these beautiful voices each interpreting 60 seconds of, of, of content. What was the inspiration for that project? Um, I don't know about the inspiration, but once I took it on, I didn't realize how much work was actually involved. Um, but yeah, no it was, I mean, at that time, MySpace was still happening. Uh, so I was, And it goes all over the world, eh, with the artists. Yeah, and yeah, and that was it. I mean, I was talking with different people through MySpace from around the world, and I thought this would be nice to, how can I put this into a collaboration? Oh, so um, I started to man. chart out or sort of plot out what instruments I'd want to hear or which players. Um, there's lots of people that, you know, they, they lent their music kindly to me, but it, the idea was everyone has the same uh, mandate to interpret 60 seconds, however they do on their instrument. Um, yeah, and there was some amazing things that came back. And then once I was getting some of the tracks back, I realized, oh, I need, wouldn't it be great to hear, you know, whatever it would be, like a, a certain instrument or a certain player. Um, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. once all the material came back, how do you now put this into a presentable, like, how do you lay this thing out? Like, as far as the programming of it goes, like, what, what in which order? So I had split it up into 
uh, six musicians, six musicians per track. And uh, yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. it, it blended well. Okay. Sometimes it was like polar opposite tracks. So, so in other words, six musicians, yeah. if you divide that, that's one minute per track. Is that uh, Well, each right? track was six minutes. So six musicians per track. So 10, 10 minutes per track. Uh, no, six minutes per track. And then 10 tracks. So 60, <laughs> 60 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Per musician, times six tracks. Uh, no, six, <laughs> 60 seconds, six musicians, and then you move on to the next track, and then there's 10 of those. So that's six hours of <laughs> material. Yeah, more or less. Or, or no, more, yeah. one hour, one hour, one hour. Okay, sorry. This, this is hard to follow. So and how many countries? Um, I That I'd have to look back on. I mean, there was... Uh, it's it all goes over. all over. You're going Belgium. Yeah. You're going New York. You're Japan, going Brampton, Brampton. Yeah. Um, UK, Japan. Greece. Yeah, UK. Uh, you're going Gajung. You're going uh, drums. You're going banjo all over the place. You're going uh, hurdy gurdy. All kinds of. It just goes everywhere yeah. sonically. Um, yeah. Check it out. 60 interpretations of 60 seconds by 60 solo improvisers. David Sate put this masterpiece together. Uh, show him some love. Buy it off of Bandcamp if you haven't already. I'm going to go do so. And you know what? We're going to, David, what's your favorite track on this, on this, on um, that record? I like them all. It's honestly like each one is its own experience. So if you want to pick one, yeah. Just... Okay. Yeah. Let's pick one. We'll pick the one with uh, Chaz Smith yeah, on it. Perfect. How's that? I think that's number one. So here it comes now. I lied. We're not going to go out with uh, a muffled snore. First, we're going to hear 60, track one from 60 interpretations of 60 seconds by 60 solo improvisers. This is track one. It's six minutes long. That's perfect. Did I get yeah. that? Holy fucking math problems. <sighs>
was a beautiful thing david and hats off to you again that was track one off of 60 interpretations of 60 seconds of 60 uh, 60 of 60 seconds by 60 solo improvisers by david sate and 59 of his yeah. best friends from all over the world um whew, i am i'm ready to go i'm caffeinated right and, and ready um well, look, I, I love you. Thank you so much for your friendship and uh, and this beautiful project that we got to collaborate on. I feel very fortunate. Uh, on yeah, all I do as well. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, yeah, all the things you do to support and the great music you're putting out as well. Right on, man. Well, this is us together to go out. Um, it comes out February the 5th on Bandcamp and all the streaming sites. Uh, check it out. It's called A Muffled Snore, a full-length production with me, David Sate, and Uneel. Uh, this is the title track, A Muffled Snore. Take care, everybody.
That was it, episode 99. Thank you, David Sate. You just heard the title track off of our February 5th release, A Muffled Snore. Next week on Industry Tactics, I get to speak with our co-collaborator on that project, Uneel. And we talk about his wonderfully diverse career in music and what led us to this project, Neil Retke, episode 100. Coming up next week on Industry Tactics, please tweet us at Industry Tactics. Let us know what you're thinking, how you're enjoying the journey to date, these 100 episodes. That would mean a lot. And uh, thank you for all your support. You can go to FriendlyRich.com for all things related to, uh, to what I'm up to and excited for February 5th and this upcoming release. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again soon.